Woohoo! Welcome everyone to another episode of Metric, a user experience podcast. The user experience podcast. I'm uh, Michael Schofield, as always, with uh, LibuX partner Amanda Goodman, and here with the guys from Koyos, who are um, they're making some really slick things. Uh, so we're just gonna get to know them and chat them up a bit. Um, welcome, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having us. We're talking specifically to like Trey and Steven. Can you guys like kind of uh, just take a moment and introduce yourselves and maybe talk about what it is you do? Sure. So uh, I'm Trey Gordner. I'm one of the founders at Koyos. A couple years back, I was working at an ad tech company, and uh, I thought it'd be fun to participate in a startup weekend, something like a hackathon. And I pitched this idea that had been in the back of my head for a while for a browser add-on that checks the library for you. And it ended up winning the competition. And from there, uh, I met my, uh, you know, one of my co-founders, Ralph. And that was really the beginning of a, of a company that wants to do cool stuff in user experience for libraries. And I'm Stephen Bateman. And Trey and I were roommates a couple of years ago. And he was doing this hackathon and he was like, yeah, I'm going to do this, uh, this library thing and see how it goes and, and kind of where this takes us. Um, and so I was like, awesome, that's super cool. And just got to kind of participate from the sidelines for a couple of years until, uh, I guess, last August, where he, uh, he called me and we sat down and, and had a beer and, and said, you know, I really want to take this thing to the next level. So um, would you consider jumping in? Um, I do... Uh, user experience and um, just like digital design. Um, I, my background is mostly in UX and then also in um, just graphic design as well. Um, so I've been building websites for the past couple of years and I'm super excited to um, to be jumping in with Koyos and really trying to make a difference uh, for libraries. I'm a little curious how the the libraries niche came into play because you know I you know I've I've been to several hackathons and. Um, <laughs> like of the many things that come up, library seems like a really uh, odd niche, especially for like um, unless you're like coming out of libraries, you know. So I, I don't know if you have any. Uh, I'm, I'm just super curious. Yeah, sure. So I had some libraries in my background. Um, I was on the speech and debate team in high school. My uh, my coaches were also the librarians, and so a lot of us would take the library assistant class because it meant we did a little bit of library work and then a lot of practicing for debate. And so because of that class on my resume, uh, I, I ended up getting a job in college at the Special Collections Library. And it was really there. I worked there for three years. That was my part-time job paying for my books. And it was really there that I was had a formal introduction to library technology to library marketing and so I did that in in college and then kind of forgot about it for a couple years when I left Uh, loved the job but you know thought thought my future was in tech startups and uh, while doing the job at the ad tech company I met the project manager for a big bond referendum at the local library we started talking 
I got invited to do some uh, some consulting work for them, and that's how I started thinking about libraries again and applying some of the best practices from digital marketing that I had learned in the ad tech world uh, to the world of libraries. And I mean, this is something that libraries desperately need. <laughs> with um, digital help and advertising a little bit. It's interesting because you know one thing one thing that I, I tell people is up until the advent of the internet really, uh, libraries had the monopoly on research, right? And so it's no surprise that it just it just wasn't in the job description prior to the late 90s, right? And so to expect uh, you know to expect everybody to get, good at it in just a, just a few years is is a high expectation so absolutely i'm you know it, it doesn't surprise me that marketing is just coming into um, just coming into its own in in libraries because library science prior to that was was a focus on on research and on information literacy and you know to a large extent on things like cataloging and cataloging systems as a developer in uh, libraries, I think it's interesting to look back just um, not even just 10 years, but let's say even five years and see how quickly libraries as a tappable market has, has really kind of exploded. The, the room for consulting and for um, major software as a service companies has been around for you know a long time. This, these were like the these major um, like library systems that handled all the cataloging and you know kind of like the web face of that and increasingly it's morphing and now you have things like Springshare which are library specific content management suites that are increasingly elegant. I'm kind of curious and interested as, as someone who's kind of like on, on the other side of the spectrum like kind of what your take is on your potential in this market or, or what potential there is for these and other kind of like startups appearing in this space? Well, I think there's a, a ton of potential um, really in everywhere around library land, um, just in terms of um, being able to kind of create new and interesting experiences, um, just specifically because there is so much established budget. And that's something you don't see in a lot of um, startup categories where there's these big groups and whether or not they're, you know, interested in, in giving away some of that budget for really interesting new experiences is sort of another question. But you do have some, like, really great established players that can um, sort of bring interesting new stuff into the market. Um, and so for us, what that looks like is um, really partnering with libraries at a deep level so that we can um, not just... I think the 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 previous sort of round of um, startups that I've seen have been very individually focused. So we'll be a, a vendor for a, a particular library, um, and it, it works at a one-to-one -one kind of a level. But I think the really exciting part for us is to really bring libraries together so that um, there's sort of an, an economy of scale that happens um, where a hundred or a thousand libraries all get together and the service gets better over time um, as a result. So um, I think that is something I haven't seen in libraries to this point and something we're really excited about. Yeah, I'd also add, you know, one thing that, that I think about and part of the reason why libraries really excited me is because so many of the household name startups uh, really looked at an opportunity where there were underutilized resources. 
And so most of the, in most cases, people thought about that as private resources. So your home, right, Airbnb, uh, your car, right, Uber. Uh, there were there were all of these resources that were that were shelved, so to speak, uh, that people weren't necessarily getting all that they could out of. And so we took a little bit of a different tack and said, well, there are all these public resources uh, in, in the case of libraries that, that aren't getting as much play as they could. Uh, certainly there are things that would be great, uh, you know, databases for small business owners or uh, genealogy uh, or, you know, the, the lynda.com training, not to mention all of the books, ebooks, audiobooks, uh, 3D printing, everything that libraries are doing. We consider these underutilized public resources, and so we're excited that the same opportunity exists to bring people in and teach them about those resources and and bring them up to capacity. And ultimately, we see that as our role, the, the marketing, the go tell it on the mountain part. I really love your phrasing there at the uh, go tell it on the mountain part, <laughs> mostly because it reminds me of my mind is completely blanking on the name of the country singer. But anyways, um, so will you tell us a little bit more about what Koyos is for our listeners? Sure. So Koyos is a company that is really organized around the vision of making it as easy to borrow online as it is to buy. So, you know, the, the user experience component is within, is inherent in that vision. Uh, and so where we're focusing our effort right now, as Stephen alluded, is to create this uh, digital economies of scale for libraries. So what that looks like is that the work done at a single library on our platform benefits all libraries who are associated. And really where that gets us is that there's there's one browser add-on for all libraries, that there's there's one uh, place where Google can point to, and then we do the uh, the geolocation on the back end. So it's, it's, those are our two points of focus right now. On the one hand, uh, we have this browser add-on that's bringing people in from Amazon and from other, uh, other sources, and then on the other end, we're actually working to help libraries compete for top search engine results, uh, no no installation required. And so what that looks like practically for libraries that work with us, they have an admin panel where they are putting in some of the materials that they have uh, and, and organizing those in, in new and exciting ways like uh, books to read on the Metro, uh, best sci-fi novels of 2016, those sorts of almost BuzzFeedy titles mm-hmm. uh, that that uh, the library could really compete for in in a Google search, and also putting in some of the standard bibliographic information, uh, so that if somebody searches, uh, you know, the girl on the train, then potentially the girl on the train is available free at your local library would come up. All right. So when I would do a let's say a Google search, you would see um, a list of potentially mm-hmm. this book and then it's available at your local library and perhaps some like book list that the library has created, which is kind of inserted into the results. Yeah, that's right. You can, you can think of us as fighting for uh, title and author searches 
on the one hand and subject searches to some extent on the other. So, you know, books about the the Mexican Civil War, for instance, potentially a librarian and a single uh, library in our system could create that list and it could start coming up in Google search results anywhere. And when someone clicks on that list or when someone clicks on that individual title, it will geolocate to the closest library in our system for holdings information. Ah, oh, that's very clever. Uh, just to speak a little bit more to the title and, and author, um, if you search right now, and I think we probably all have at some point for bossy pants for free PDF or something like that, or like mm-hmm. bossy pants free ebook, like pretty much everyone has done that at some point, and the results specifically bossy pants. Yeah, specifically. I mean, Just don't we all have a Tina Fey obsession? I would say. <laughs> I love um, Tina Fey, but I, I want to pirate everything she does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not enough to pay ten dollars um, for her stuff. Um, it's great because it's a one-word title. It's so short. Um, anyway, so back on track. If you search for Bossy Pants free PDF or something like that, the top result is oftentimes Amazon which is sort of like the opposite of a free result. Mm -hmm. And then you've also got like a sketchy Russian site will be the second one. And then like somebody made bossypants.wordpress.com and they're just trying to steal everything you've ever wanted about your information, right? It's just like a a really, it's kind of a wild west in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Um, And we feel like that putting the library at the top of those kinds of searches is probably um, low-hanging fruit in a lot of ways because people are looking for that free result, and the library really is the perfect free result um, for those situations. You mentioned kind of what Airbnb does, and I I think this is kind of an interesting segue to talk about your work building Libra and um, your recent announcement of it. Being that uh, Amanda and I sometimes talk about this uh, thing called uh, the interface layer. Tom Goodwin on TechCrunch a couple years ago, the individual service providers are going to Tell us about Libre. Yeah, tell us about (laughs) Libre. Yeah, and then I'm going (laughs) to... Yeah, you're right. I'm really interested in where you were going. You were going somewhere great with that service provider mashup thing, though. And it's (laughs) so good. So So good. (laughs) So what does Libre do? No, actually, I'm really glad that you you elaborated a little bit more on that. Um, So I'm going to leave a pause here. So, uh, Trey, do you want to respond to that, or do you want me to? Sure, I can respond. I think, to me, the real danger for libraries is fragmentation, in my opinion. Now, you know, I'm, I'm, like Stephen said, like I've said, I'm trying to bring libraries together to get that, that economy of scale, but really, you know, my real concern for the library is not that, uh, is either that it never appears in a search for information, or if it does appear, it's only one specific resource. So a good example would be OverDrive, for instance. Uh, OverDrive is competing to some extent on on SEO, uh, on on certain terms at least. Uh, it's it's trying to get into the knowledge graph for Bing at least. I think it succeeded. Uh, so. That, to me, is the real danger for libraries, which is if people come in and they only see one small collection or one small part of 
the multivariate whole that is the library and they come to depend on that particular section and it's their only experience with the library because that's exactly the opposite of what the of, of what the library and what librarians are about which is helping you to find the best resource for your for your particular need and collecting things from many different sources so to me that that is the real concern and that's where libraries begin to lose power where it's when people stop recognizing that the library is delivering all of these things and uh, and stop recognizing that the library is so much more than books or is so much more than the audiobook that I download for my commute uh, so that's my feeling and it's why we have taken tr try to take such a collaborative approach with librarians because to the librarians we talk to the idea of getting to the top of Google results seems very daunting but the idea of doing readers advisory and curating these interesting collections is very natural and so when we're able to say by creating these interesting collections by doing readers advisory you're actually making your way to the top of search results based on the way we've set things up uh, that I think is the the perfect combination and you know you can look at Libre and see in the design certainly you know the black and the blue is the same for all the all the libraries we have in the system but the library name uh, the library information uh, is there and actually will become more and more prominent in later versions when we uh, onboard people to get a library card digitally um, and when we start to bring in other resources as well, things like events and databases. And Michael, I want to speak a little bit more to that TechCrunch article that you mentioned um, because I've actually read that article and that was really formative for me in just thinking about how can Libre evolve into being uh, a really meaningful part of the ecosystem? But you mentioned um, just the way that Airbnb or Netflix can kind of exert um, some, some sort of dominating influence. And I think that's a really good point because, yeah, there is a chance in those situations where um, Facebook would say, you know, I'm going to elect that this particular restaurant wins out over another particular restaurant. The thing that's different about us that I think is actually really significant and I want to make sure I point out is that uh, our focus is primarily public libraries at this moment. And so um, they have relatively distinct territories, and we just represent them in their territory. And so it's not like, you know, there's this competitive environment where Facebook is, you know, or Yelp or Airbnb are promoting or reducing certain listings. It's, I think, a, a lot less of a megalomaniac play toward world domination and a lot more towards, hey, let's just show you the resources that um, that are available in your area and, um, you know, let you kind of go from there. Yeah, that reminds me of um, really old conversations Michael and I had about... Um, hey, I'm out and about, and it turns out that the library knows that I'm nearby and here's some resources available for me. Um, but that would be like more library-centric instead of patron-centric in some ways. By the way, guys, we are definitely hitting the overmark. 
I hope that maybe you guys would be willing to um, swing back around for maybe like a like a stretch topic where we just kind of um, see where this goes because it's really interesting. But um, yeah, we're we're kind of running our time, and I was hoping that maybe if you guys have. Um, any final thoughts or anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with? And, of course, you know, by all means, um, pimp something that you guys are working on and, and let us all know how that we can how we can stay in touch with you. Trey, I'm going to pass the pimping off to uh, to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my role. That's that's really my role with the company. Is, you know, Does anybody else feel uncomfortable right now? <laughs> yeah, so if, if, you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to see more about what we're working on you can you can visit us at libraries.readlibre.com that's the library page where you can you can read all about what we're what we're working on see the video that Stephen painstakingly made uh, and and his great bitmojis and uh, if you want to you know reach out to us directly let us know what you thought about the podcast or, or some of the things that we said you can tweet to us it's at read libre. That's R E A D L I B R E. Sound like you're pimping at my bitmoji. I was. Well, I want people to witness the glory that is Happy Catter Day. I do. Like, you know, for like, you, so you guys are a team of three, right? Your videos are yeah. good. <laughs> like, Thanks, man. I I wish I had like these skills. I'm like, oh my gosh, because I was looking at the Koyosa video and then the I just watched the read libre video. That's really good. Well done. Dang. Appreciate it, man. No Thanks. problem. All right, guys. Um, Amanda, any final words? Not at all. Happy 2017, guys. <laughs> Happy Catter Day. Uh, Alright, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to uh, this episode of Metric. I'm sure that the end version that you're all hearing is polished and wonderful. The um, As usual, you can and should um, rate us honestly, but kindly, in your podcasters of choice. Tell your friends. If you can get, like, two people to, um, uh, I don't know, maybe, like, tweet our podcast at, like, Jared Spool or something, that would go a long way. Thanks a bunch. We will see you next week. Bye. I can't, I lost a stop button.